0: From the streets of Vancouver, this is the sound of awesome! I am Shane, I'm your host. I am driving back from the BC Ferry Terminal at Sawasin. or Tawasin, Tsawasin. I've actually heard it pronounced Sawasson, uh more often than Tawasin. So, I don't know if that's correct, but that's what I kind of do. I drop the T but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm driving back. I've just uh, dropped off my parents. They were in Vancouver. I think uh, if you listened to the last episode where I was ranting about whatever, um, I was uh, they. I was off to to pick them up uh, yesterday when they were coming to here for some medical stuff, and now they are headed back uh, to uh, to do stuff uh, back in Victoria. So. I am on the way back, and I've just been listening to a couple podcasts, and there seems to be a theme right now about historical context and historical um, saving history, saving uh, uh, stuff similar to what we're doing here. Um, In theory, um, just the way that I upload my podcasts, I upload them to a service called Archive.org, which is a system that their major goal is to save and preserve uh, digital legacies, like digital content, Uh, be that websites, be that um, audio, text, video, uh, pretty much anything they can store that's electronic, uh, they will do. And they do it Happily for free, which reminds me, I need to donate to them. It's been actually probably a couple years since I have, and that's not cool. I need to send them a little bit of money. Uh, they're run uh, very similar to, uh, like, Wikipedia, um, where they rely on donations to continue their service. Uh, because, you know, as these as these services are quite popular, they do need to maintain... Uh, infrastructure to do that so I fully recommend uh, that you help uh, support places like Wikipedia uh, like the archive.org uh, like the open library uh, stuff like that because uh, if we didn't have uh, people donating to maintain these systems uh, we might lose them And that would be a bad thing because uh, there is something about uh, there is something important about digital legacy and these podcasts I've been listening to um, the one specifically that I was just listening to before I hit record on my phone uh, was Scarborough dude talking about uh, oh geez Scarborough dude talking about letters and how uh, he has some letters from his parents uh, back in the '30s, and they, uh, yeah, they actually have these things that he now has, um, because a, a few, uh, like a month or two ago, he was talking about how he was given uh, the gift of uh, letters that he'd written when he was younger, like 20, 30 years ago, um, to other people that he knew, and, and somebody had kept them, and. and just all that correspondence so that history that we have. And it's actually something that I've talked about for years, uh, that bloggers have, especially bloggers have had, uh, a concern about what happens to their personal stuff. Maybe not necessarily their commercial stuff, but their personal work. Um, what happens to that after they die? And a lot of people kind of poo-pooed the idea and didn't really know. And, and if you're a nerd like me, um, you kind of you call it like link degradation. Uh, you call it, there's a lot of different sort of technical terms about what happens when links go away. And the internet is all about links. And if you have some websites that are maintained for years that are pointing to other websites, and those websites go away, um, you lose something. You lose uh, a bit of history. You lose a bit of. Uh, you just, you lose, we all lose something from that link being gone. Now, a lot of the time, the links that might have gone away, maybe you don't care about, Uh, maybe it's a news site that's removed that story, uh, and you just don't really give a shit at the end of the day. Um, So there's stuff like that that some people care about a lot, some people don't, but then you have... uh, stuff that I create, like in a podcast, and I record it, I put it out into the world, and then I uh, forget about it. You know, I did that job, I I did that, I recorded my thoughts, I did whatever, uh, and then I put it out on the internet, and then I hope that somebody, you know, has the uh, forethought to think about it, or to listen to it, or read it, or whatever it is. But, you know, in this day and age, we, you know, it costs a lot of money to maintain systems like that, so uh, what happens when, you know, you you spend a lot of time uh, recording a lot of stuff and sharing it for free, and what happens after that uh, is sort of the big question. And, and a lot of the people that I know in the blogging uh, ecosystem um, generally don't really care a lot about it, however, uh, there is an attitude shift that I've noticed that happens when somebody's diagnosed, like I've, I've had uh, about four bloggers that I know, uh, a couple of them that I've known personally, um, that have been diagnosed with some disease of some sort, and they're very concerned about what's going to, they suddenly, well maybe not suddenly, but they do at some point start to consider well what happens to my website when I'm dead and um, I think probably the most famous uh, uh, record of this was a blogger here in Vancouver uh, who passed away I think in 2007 um maybe nine I can't I can't remember but uh, he was diagnosed with uh, cancer of uh, you know, of some horrible kind, and, you know, he was married with children, and he was uh, in his 30s, and, uh, you know, he was fighting, but eventually acknowledged that he was going to to die, and so he posted a, he wrote a post for his last post. He sent it out to uh, somebody to post it for him in the event that he did die, and they did, and it became big news. And it did actually bring this conversation that I've been having for a very long time already about deciding what is it that... uh, what will happen? What is a digital legacy going to look like in the future? And the news covered it quite a bit, um, and it was interesting to watch. I mean, I was a little sad that he'd passed away uh, because he was a very cool guy, but... Uh, you know, as time went on, I became far more interested in what exactly was going on with his digital legacy and what that actually would mean. And, you know, the, there's so many different attitudes about it. Uh, some people just don't really give a shit. They, they're like, well, I die. Who cares what happens to my crap? Because I won't care. Um, but I am interested in, in sort of how that works. And we've had, um, you know, Facebook has had to deal with this kind of thing quite a bit. Uh, because you know, when you have you know a billion and a half users, uh, you're gonna get some people dying every single week or every single day. And what happens to those pages, uh, those profiles when they're gone? And I think initially Facebook just would delete them, or they would put them into a mode where they would disappear. And then you know the, there was a small outcry of people saying you know it's not cool. So they eventually created what I think is called the memorial state, where uh, pr- Facebook profiles are, are made into memorials, and I think that the, if you have connected your account to your family, uh, the family can still access that account um, and deal with it that way. Uh, you know, posting on your behalf or something along those lines. So. Uh, you know, I had a close friend pass away uh, a year and a half ago or so, and he uh, his. I don't think he's, I actually, I don't think his profile is entered Memorial State, I'm not entirely sure, but, um, you know, the people can leave messages on there, and, and they, you know, they, they, I think the accounts themselves are no longer allowed to be posted to or something. But it's not just Facebook, there's also Twitter, which really um, doesn't, you know, that doesn't, who cares what Twitter does half the time because, uh, I don't think they have a memorial stay. Think the account just kind of stops, which by the way, in a complete, uh, sideways thought here, um, I only was, I only became aware of this, uh, the other day where some, uh, person on the internet, uh, social justice warrior, um, was abusing a taxi driver, or a Lyft driver, whatever the hell Lyft is. I gather Lyft is like a service that where people can basically rent their cars out as a cab or something. Anyway, the, this Lyft driver had a, uh, uh, one of those bobblehead Hawaiian uh, hula skirt, whatever the hell, uh, bobblehead things on his dash, and this person was in the car uh, this social justice warrior person, and, uh, she berated this guy, um, about the fact that he had this cultural appropriating token on his dashboard, um, and I only became aware of this just the other day, because somebody, uh, uh, thought I would be interested, I guess, um, and they sent me a link to it, and I watched this little video on YouTube of this person shaming this, this driver, and I have to admit to his credit he he did actually just kind of uh, he treated her with the utmost respect I think uh, in my opinion he didn't yell at her and tell her she was a goof he just said you know I understand what you're saying but I like it so there you go anyway he eventually kicked her out of the car he just parked and said you know this is the end of your ride Um, and uh, that was it but anyway so the only reason I bring that up is that, speaking of Twitter and what happens to Twitter accounts if you die, uh, this person's Twitter account was then, I mean, this video, we hit the news feeds, and it became quite popular, and the somebody hacked the Twitter account, I guess, because she had a, a lame password of some sort. So they took over the Twitter account and started posting some negative things about the person who owned it, uh, this social justice person um, and made fun of her for a while, uh, but she never actually, it seemed, the whole point is I actually went to this Twitter account yesterday just to see what, you know, the fallout of this whole story was, and the person who took the account, uh, still has it. They haven't posted anything to it, mind you, since the story broke, but, um, it was very interesting that, uh, that, uh, they never bothered to reclaim it, so it kind of reminded me about an account that where the you know the person didn't die, but they uh, never bothered to reacquire the account. Anyway, um, so yeah, but you have all this digital legacy, and I think people that actually create stuff, so they actually write or record or video something, um, there is a concern about what happens to that, and and I know that. Um, the videos get posted to the videos get that get posted to youtube i don't know if there's a process of anything happening uh i imagine not they're probably acting more like twitter where the account is in good standing the videos are maintained but in the future what happens what if uh youtube becomes something else or youtube is shut down or you know what happens to all of that content that people are not around to claim uh i know that when uh people have uh uh posted videos on YouTube and then they decide they want to get rid of them or they want to download them again, they can, they're free to do that. Um, but what if they've passed on or what if they have lost interest in it? Um what happens to uh those the, that 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 information? Like where does it go? Uh what can they how do they collect it? And if you've used Google products that have closed down um there actually is a a service that Google offers that um, if there's data that you've uploaded to their system and you and you want it back, uh, you can go to I think it's called takeout.google.com and essentially it's a service that is modeled on this idea that you're taking something, it's like you've gone and ordered takeout and you say I want this data from these accounts and they'll package it up for you and put it into like a large zip file or however much data it is. And then you can download it on mass, which I think is quite helpful. And I think there's some, I think there's other services that do that as well, but it is fascinating to me about this digital legacy stuff. And I know that there's been attempts to make archives of these things, but um, they've, as far as I'm aware, they've never really taken off. Um, I'm sure that there are things out there, but at the same time, um, you know, I I use something like Archive.org, whose mission is to do what I want. So I suppose if I became a vlogger, which I uh, sort of plan on at some point this year, that I would like to uh, copy videos onto YouTube, but also to put them onto Archive.org because I think that having a digital backup and another place for people to watch the crap that I put out um, would be kind of useful. So, I don't know, it's just a very interesting thing about how to deal with uh, a digital legacy of some of a human being. And um, I actually remember reading uh, a couple years ago about a woman on YouTube that was a grandmother. Oh, there we are. Um, uh, they're a grandmother who uh, discovered YouTube early on. And this is like when YouTube first came out. And there were some other sort of video, not streaming services really, but video recording that happened through the browser. And that's basically how she recorded her, her thing where you could actually go to YouTube I think this feature has, been, has since been removed. I seem to remember it's no longer around. But you could actually go uh, grant YouTube access to your webcam, and then you could record uh, through that system, and then that would become your YouTube video. Of course, the quality was not great, um, but this grandmother would do that uh, quite often. Uh, the funniest video, of course, I think that I think has been played a few times in other people's mashups and things, um, was... Uh, and I actually remember watching this entire video. She was talking about something. You know, something that I can't remember, obviously. But uh, this is going back to 2006 or 7, I think. But essentially, uh, she was uh, vlogging. She was recording her thoughts. Uh, she was talking about something... And the, the 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 clip of that vlog episode was quite amusing because somebody interrupted her um, from the other room. They they didn't open the door, but they were uh, trying to get her attention for something. I remember her shouting back, uh, you know, "Go uh, you know, get lost! I'm I'm, ta- I'm busy talking to the internet or something like that." And it just killed me that that was so fucking funny. Um, and then you know, years later, it was rediscovered, and uh, and I remember seeing people playing clips of it here and there, in other sorts of uh, you know edits. But wow, it was amazing. I gotta say. Um, but I mean, you know, but that's right, and I'm that. But anyway, the, the the reason I was thinking about her is that there was an article about uh, early vloggers. Um, that you know, people that were vlogging back in you know, back at the beginning of YouTube, and it was considered weird like, it was considered why would anyone do this? And now, of course, it's become a very large industry. Um, but back then, uh, it was sort of following up with you know what some of these early vloggers were doing, and some of them, have, you know, they retired, they didn't do it anymore. And but the grandmother had passed away, and um, but she still has that digital legacy, and I still remember it. But there's also these you know her original videos unless they've been deleted are probably still there uh somewhere on youtube uh in all of their crummy quality glory but you know what happened you know she has a family had a family uh you know that what what would they want for her like um i seem to remember that she recorded something in the neighborhood of like 60 or 70 videos um i trying to, I mean, I would have to, I don't even remember her name anymore. I'd have to look it up uh, or f- try and hunt around to find it. But, you know, what her family, if they wanted that as part of her, as, as something that she recorded on her own, uh, and they would like to have it so that their family could view it or whatever, um, I don't know. I think it would be important for them to be able to have access to that. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, but how, how important is it? Who does it become important to? And I think ultimately what I'm really trying to say is that I think it becomes important to humanity as a whole. Um, Because since we have this technology, you know, three, four hundred years from now, I would love it that somebody could, you know, maybe listen to my podcast. And maybe listen to or watch some of the stuff that I had created because it is like, it is... A document that we've had that's never been ever done before. We, you know, we, we talk about and make fun of people digging around in the dirt, digging up pottery, digging up, uh, you know, old information. Ar- you know archaeologists running around looking for this stuff, cataloging it, uh, you know, so that we have a digital ar- or a legacy archive, not necessarily digital, of humanity's history and now we have all this technology that we're able to record 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 and post online and some of it's garbage you know some of it's not necessarily uh, in our opinions of this time in this in you know right now we think it might be trash but to somebody three four hundred years from now it would be gold it would be you know we we talk about uh, the problem with link bay or clickbait or whatever the hell and uh, not necessarily creating content that is actually that interesting. Um, But as time goes on, I think it'll become far more interesting because, you know, you can read as much as you want. You can learn as much as you want about history. But having a conduit into the average individual's psyche about what it actually meant to live in that time So we, you know, when you when you pick up a history book, a lot of it is about uh, political events. It's about what was going on uh, at sort of the higher levels of of governments and things like that. And um, but we don't necessarily think about yeah, sure, okay, so and so started World War whatever. um, But what was you know what would be interesting is to actually have uh, you know what was going on in so and so's mind at the time. But what was going on in Joe Average's mind at the time? Um, were they actually paying attention to and being affected by uh, governments yelling at each other or sending people into the trenches to kill each other? Um, you know, were they affected? Sure, of course they were. But how were they affected? What actually? We think about all these generalizations about history, and we don't actually... You know, I mean, that's what's so important about these letters. You can actually gather these letters, and I have a whole bunch of them that I think I talked about last time. These letters of people living these lives, writing down their experiences, talking to their loved ones that you would never, ever get again. Once they've passed on, that's it. But letters were the start. Now we have audio, video, uh, photography, all these sorts of things that because uh, even photography doesn't tell the full story. Um, it gives it, it, it. looks great visually and, and looks very interesting and, and all that kind of thing. But we also have uh, context where looking at a photograph, you can, you can put your own context into it that might not necessarily agree with what's going on. And, or what actually is going on. Um, but somebody talking to a camera or somebody recording to an audio tape or to their phone, um, there's all this nuance and all of this other information that they talk about. So I'm just saying it is fascinating what, or it will be fascinating years and years into the future uh, of what this little recording I'm making right now will actually mean to somebody else. That they will listen to it and go, oh my god, he was thinking about Digital Legacy, wow, I didn't actually know back then they didn't have that, or whatever, I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, little bits and bobs you could pull out of this long after I'm dead and uh, cremated and shot out of a cannon and put into space. My actual dream is to, like, take my body and shoot it just naked into this, into the void, and maybe some alien race, you know, a 2,000 years from now will revive me and I'll be able to have wild monkey sex with uh, you know, tentacled aliens or something I think I'm going to leave it there because that that just went sideways on me but, you know, let's let's let the uh, future people that that listen to this recording uh, determine whether I'm actually serious or not. So thank you again, I'm almost home Uh, this of course has been Uh, Your host, Shane, blabbering about his life Um, while driving or walking or crawling. I should have done a crawl cast at one point when I had a busted foot. But anyway, thank you again for listening. Spread the word. Let people know. Check out the Shane cast. Check out other stuff I do. Shoes in the living room. Uh, What else? Uh, uh, Oh, yeah. By the way, I'm relaunching uh, the late hour. Um, Oh, crap. My road is closed. Uh, relaunching the late hour Uh, it's a podcast i started doing with uh, one gentleman and he decided he didn't want to do it anymore so i found somebody else recently and uh, he's going to help me revive that uh podcast as well so anyway lots of stuff going on and uh thank you again to this ed uh, but i will see you guys in the next episode uh thank you and from the streets of vancouver this is the sound of awesome.